This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Bacon's back for Graboids. We have a homecoming for Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And is it better or worse than Super Poyo Poyo? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. Um, now I'm angry, so my hair is all emo, Stedman. And to my left is Joe. No, that wasn't a dream sequence. It actually was a dance sequence, Peters. <laughs> I used two references from Spider-Man 3. I can't uh, help it. Yeah. We went to the worst of the uh, three. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, so, yeah, we're, we're going to talk. Yeah. That's an, you know, I was thinking of an interesting, like, like the evolution of those three movies on the way over here. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man trilogy <laughs> prepping for the new Homecoming movie. So yeah. I know you guys, like, can't believe that we're actually talking about Spider-Man, but it's, you know, it's finally, you know, it took a hundred hundred and some episodes for us to finally get around to have some Spider-Man talk. So, right, and we're talking about the movies too. Just not so. just like, what would be like to hang out with them? You know, yeah. like, did you see that viral video of someone dressed as Spider-Man? It was, it's a whole uh, stunt for the movie where he, he uh, hangs upside down in a Starbucks and grabs his drink and he taps personal shoulders like, Hey, can I just get, get my drink? And people are freaking out every time they turn around and see Spider-Man upside down. Well, that'd be amazing. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Cause it's like, they, they, they call it the different <laughs> names of the coffees and it's like, and Spider-Man and everyone's like, what? And then you see people freak out. A couple people are just like, holy crap, it's Spider-Man. Like, they're happy to see him. And I guess Stan Lee was in the corner taking, like, photos. Like, it was it was weird, but I liked it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know it's all just big marketing stunt. It's all tying all together. But I like that stuff. Like, the the quote-unquote trap room that Chris Evans did for uh, oh, Captain yeah, America. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it's just like the fact that you got to be Captain, uh, Captain America or, sorry, Chris Evans at the end. That well, would have been awesome. The funny part about it was, is I don't think anybody recognized his voice when he was doing the the walkie-talkie. Yeah, like because he was like, as he's Captain America, and everybody's just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, well, cool." Yeah, and I'm like, if I would have picked that up, I'd be like, "This is Captain America." Like, <laughs> it's like, "Yes, sir, I'll do that right now." Yeah. So, uh, real quick before we get started with news, I just want to mention my my further adventures in Friday the Thirteenth video game. Um, I was playing the other night, spawned near a car. And I spawned near a cabin, and I ran in the cabin, and there's gas. So I'm like, I'll put the gas in the car, thinking that that's a good move. Yeah. And so there's two cars usually in the map, actually on every map. One's a two-seater, one's a four-seater. I was like, okay, cool, putting the gas in the four-seater, putting the gas in the four-seater, and then realized I put the gas in the two-seater. But at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't matter. There's a car, I had gas. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. There was like, I, this. it sounded like an eight-year-old kid playing the game that heard me do this and so for the rest of the match he kept saying why did you do that why did you put it in the the two-seater he kept like giving me grief <laughs> and so i i just i just i started snapping i was like because the one-seater was not available and eventually at one point i was like i'm sorry i'm in a horror movie i make bad decisions yeah like this kid just would not leave me alone because i put gas in a car that he didn't appreciate that's so funny yeah well, why'd you do that i'm like i don't know i'm a camp counselor and there's a guy at the hockey match chasing me there's and i see a 
car. Playing online with people, it's so funny how they need such validation for our actions. It's just like, it's a game. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, you know, when I play certain games, I'm just like, what is this person doing? You know, but like, it's it's funny. Well, and then also, I think that little kid, he had another a kid playing with him. Um, they must have had their own chat channel outside uh, the game because one of them was Jason and then one of them was a the counselor. And we didn't know that they're working together. And one of the counselors did a heel turn on another counselor and started attacking them. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. It was wrong. Like, but it's just like, why would you wait for the other counselors to start attacking you as well? Like, it was like, I've never seen a heel turn in a Friday the 13th scenario where one of the counselors is like, if I just party up with Jason, we're cool, right? Like, that's what it felt like. Like, if I kill that guy in front of me, you're not going to kill me, then right? You get the double cross and Jason kills him. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Anyway, Friday the 13th, greatest worst game ever made. It's it's a pure comedy simulator. That's what I'll say about it. I love it. And I'm terrible at it. Anyway, that's, that's enough about that. Let's just get to the news. everyone and the news is i put the gas in the wrong car that uh, was the news why'd i do that i don't know no so um anybody who's uh ever seen uh, the movie tremors with kevin bacon uh kevin bacon's coming back for the tv sequel which what's it, what exactly is a tv sequel we're gonna do a series about the original tremors and then <laughs> it's gonna take place right after the first tremors I don't think it's going to take place after the first Tremors. I think it's literally going to take place 25 years after the oh, original movie. Because so there's been like six sequels made to this, mo- this movie. Oh, I know. There's a ton yeah. of Tremors out there. Um, <laughs> just go to California. Yeah. But ton of Graboids. Yeah. But they... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. And I, th- I thought that article was funny that you showed me where Kevin Bacon was like, if all the characters I played, this is the one I've wanted to revisit. I'm like, sure it is, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe just from like, there's characters that you play that you enjoy. And you're like, I'd like to get back to that because yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure if Jeff Bridges had an opportunity to play the to, dude and, and something that made sense, he well, would do. He's an, he's, done, he's been did, to do other things. What did he do? Who did he? Uh, who did he? Um, uh, it was somebody's Walk of Fame. Do you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't it? Wasn't John Goodman? Was it John Goodman? It might have been John yeah. Goodman. It was John Goodman. Yeah. John Goodman recently got his Walk of Fame star, and Jeff Bridges came and he brought he brought the sweater. <laughs> And he put the sweater on, and he did the uh, he did the dude for John or for his uh, commencement speech or whatever for Walk yeah, of Fame. Yeah, his valedictorian speech valedictorian, for the, for the Walk I don't of Fame. know. I don't know. What do you get? What? What? How do you in, induction speech? Yeah, I guess so. I don't induction, know. Induction induction into the Walk of Fame. But yeah, it was pretty funny. I watched it because um, I think he even started talking like Walter. He's like <laughs> Walter, like. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, but Jeff Bridges definitely would be cool to see him play the dude again. Yeah, but so like Kevin Bacon's going to be back for a Tremors TV show, which I'm guessing part of this is is one they 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 reference Ash versus Evil Dead doing quite well, so why not try this as well? And two, Kevin Bacon stars never like it. it <laughs> it's not really went away again. Like he, you know, he was kind of a heartthrob and then he was, he was gone for a little bit. Speaking of Friday 13th, there, there's your Kevin Bacon connection right there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. uh, and, and then he kind of came back and he's, I don't know. I feel like he's never really left like the mind space of like, you know, entertainment. And even though he's done TV, like he did the show, the following, which was a really great idea, but a really shitty TV show. Like I watched the first half of the first season. And I couldn't even get past, but I liked his character a lot in it. I feel, I felt that way about blacklist. Like I wanted to watch Blacklist and get into it because I love James Spader. But yeah. then I'm like, and when I was watching it, I'm like, I don't really want to watch this. I just want to <laughs> see James Spader do James Spader. I could, and I just want to see Kevin Spacey, like if he's not being a, a comedic role, be like that haunted, broken man because he can do mm-hmm. that really oh, well too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, but anyway, yeah, but tremors. Ke- yeah. yeah, Kevin Bacon's jumping back in the in the Tremors truck. I just don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure that they already have this idea for a TV series that they're going to do more than just have graboids, right? I mean, I I want to see. Like I almost want to see like the graboids be like the secondary, like almost like the Walking Dead, where it's like you have to deal with them, but they're always kind of out there. I want some other big main driving force, and and if the idea is that he's been like twenty five years past this, and he was a loser then, and he's a loser now, it does feel kind of like Ash versus Evil Dead, but that's kind of the stuff I'll eat up. Like yeah. I love that. So, um, so I'm gonna then, check yeah. it out when it comes out. I just thought that was kind of cool. Like, are I, there any other any other movies or like uh, that you'd like to see a, man, like a longer form series? That's a really good question. Are you talking about like older, like Ash versus Evil Dead type like horror style? Or are you just anything? About- I mean, like I have one that they couldn't do, but I think it'd be great. I'd love to see like a Frightener series. That would have been sweet. I know Michael J. Fox really can't do that now, but I would like to like, maybe like a prequel, but he's older. Well, no, like I mean? even like a further on thing because that whole world of how the spirits worked and everything. Yeah, I liked that idea of kind of like that I, would be kind of yeah. cool. Um, I don't know. That's a really tough question, especially in this day and age of like the reality TV psychics and everything. I think a frighteners <laughs> type thing would be fun because like they like they know there's ghosts, but they're just like just bilking people out of money by pretending to haunt houses. I mean, and there's there's so many great like, and I think it, it falls into a cult. B movie type thing like Tremors was and and uh and Evil Dead was. I mean, we're getting a dread TV show, which I hope to God is good. I think that would probably be my best that's what I want, but we're getting it. Uh you're uh, like two dread TV shows. Two dread TV shows in case the first one's not good. <laughs> <laughs> like was there a Dark Man TV series? Uh, I don't know. I know there's oh, movie sequels. I want to say there was, and, and uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Liam Neeson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't I, think I, I think expect I Liam Neeson back. Remember but that? Like, I mean, like a new Darkman TV series would be kind of because cool. I know two people would play Darkman, and I want to say it was. Um, oh, geez, I can't remember the actor's name now. Anyway, yeah, I just I think that there's not that we need to have every single TV show or, or, or movie come back as another series because I'm starting. There was something I saw recently. What was it? That I saw. It, I'm like, really? That's becoming a TV series now too. I feel like I, I don't know. I, I think we've talked about this before previously in episodes where like something like Tremors has been out for 20 plus years now that enough people have heard about it. So when a TV show is announced, people will watch it. If you said, hey, we have a TV show about a washed up guy that's going to a town full of like oversized creatures people probably wouldn't care yeah and i feel like now they're reaching back to properties that have been around long well, enough. like we were just looking at the mist like that that's it yeah, yeah i love the mist you love the mist yeah i'm kind of not keen to the show like i really don't i'm not like i'm having a hard time understanding why it exists that's how i feel yeah you know i feel but, but like trimmers have no problem with it existing right and i when they're bringing the actor in i think that adds more to it you know what i mean like they did um uh they did training day recently yeah and yeah. lethal weapon and i know you're not going to get um danny glover and uh, mel gibson to be in the show <laughs> but like at the same time it's like okay what if mel gibson was Riggs for like maybe four episodes out of the show yeah and it was like he's he's he, you know he has cameos in it that would be interesting or they go and arrest mel gibson <laughs> like they, he's like he's on top of a building just going nuts Calling and they have to talk to him calm like, down anti-semitic stuff and sugar tits <laughs> and it's like what's <laughs> that's that's i kind of want to watch that show like i like that i would watch an episode of mel gibson getting arrested for being belligerent and drunk in hollywood <laughs> like if that's a storyline in any tv show i'd watch like yeah. mel gibson getting arrested in almost any tv show you know um, what i would like to see them arrest him for is him getting a fight with russell crowe in a bar that oh my goodness i would yeah. pay i would pay good money to see mel gibson and russell crowe bar fight <laughs> 
I like that. Like, what if, like, not that they need to do this, but like a Mad Max, like Russell Crowe. N- n- no, 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 not, not not with Mad Max. I'm talking like, <laughs> yeah, Gladiator versus Mad Max. That's Gladiator the show I want to watch. No, Mad Max. but like a Mad Max TV show, like AMC took. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I th- I feel like well, and I think I think that's what uh, a lot of shows need to focus on if they're going to do this, like you know, movie to TV stuff. Like you know, I mean, Ash versus Evil Dead is um a universe on its own and that's why it kind of stands stands out so well plus bruce campbell i mean he's pretty much the main you'd have to have ash to make you have to have ash you couldn't do you couldn't do the world of evil dead and have like um who is it kelly and pablo running around you know from the rip i'd just be like who are these people yeah like I i don't really care if they're fighting deadites but yeah mad max i mean you really don't even have to have max in it um you know, you could do one of those things like they do with Fear the Walking Dead, where it's just like, we need more zombie shows on the other side of the country. Let's call it something else. Yeah, I could see like a Wasteland. Like a type, Wasteland, yeah. like a Mad Max. And then, you know, you could make references to Thunderdome and a Morton Joe and Master Blaster and things like that. But like, because it's so vast, you know, you don't have to like focus in on whatever Max is doing. Yeah, that's, I agree. So, but yeah. You better have Dread and Dread. I'll be so mad. <laughs> I mean, what's Carl Urban doing right now anyway, you know? Like, I don't know, but, like, that's recipe for, for uh, success, if you ask me. You get Carl Urban up in there. Yeah, like, in the, if it was just him. Like, like we don't need to see the rest of the other judges. Just him going around and judging people. Yeah. Like, that would be... Dropping one-liners. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I don't even care. Like, I know, I know Carl Urban would do it, too. Like, he doesn't even have to be... Like, I know they got to have actors have their lines and, like, vocal points. But, man, if he just walked around, like, looking pissed off, dropping one-liners, I would just eat it up. I wouldn't even care about any other characters. Yes, like, I, yeah, I would watch show, it too. Yep. You show them rooks. <laughs> yeah, right. So I guess, I guess we're just I guess we're on both sides of this where it could be a really great idea to bring back a franchise as long as it yeah. as long as it makes sense. Like you actually have a plan, you've thought it out. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There's been other revivals, and it's worked the other way too. Like we we had that whole wave of TV shows becoming movies, and now it's starting to come back the other way. You know, like with, like I mean, like Fargo has been really successful. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, you'd mentioned training day. I know that was, that's not coming back just because of Bill Paxton. Um, at least I, I would be a hard time trying to recast that like, you know, with him being gone. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's just one of those things that until, until we see it could be good, could be terrible. I'm not against it. You watch, did you watch? I can't, I think we talked about it. Did you watch the new magnificent seven? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. It's basically a training day prequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Back to the Future three of yeah. Training Day, where it's just uh, you just like, see, like, yeah, that's my great, the, great, 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 dandy, granddaddy. Yeah, I like that. So, all right. So, um, uh, next thing we want to talk about here, uh, real quickly, is the Star Wars Forces of Destiny, um, which is these little tiny two three minute um, cartoons they're going to be putting on uh, Disney's, like I guess a YouTube channel. I don't know. I thought it was going to be on the actual network, but. There are actually little short stories involving the women of Star Wars. Yeah, and we watched the trailer, and Joe was excited to a certain point. <laughs> I thought it was. I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" And then Jin Urso showed up. I just don't like. Okay, I I feel like they're going to end up making like kind of like how the original Clone Wars shorts like really kind of salvaged a lot of the prequel characters. Like it made um yeah. it made Grievous actually it made Grievous look badass. Yeah, I mean this may look may make Jin look more rebellious and badass. Who knows? Because they explained how Grievous ends up actually having his breathing problem. Mm-hmm. Like and it, and they even made a Mace even more badass. You know? Oh like, yeah. 
Um, he took out that whole droid army by himself. Yeah. So, I mean, and that yeah. was all done by the guy who did uh, Samurai Jack, yep. right? Um, but these are going to be stories about Rey, uh, Jin, uh, Sabine from uh, Rebels, and Ahsoka, uh, Tano from Clone Wars and Rebels. And then you've got, uh, it says Maz Kanata is going to be in there, too. She, it looks like she's narrating the whole she's thing. She's narrating. Yeah. And then, of course, Princess Leia. And I'm sure uh, Padme is going to be in there. Uh, but she wasn't in the trailer. Was Pad- Padme? I didn't see in Padme the in the trailer. See, no. You know she's going to be in the trailer. But um, I was kind of confused. I'm like, wait, are they like all in the same timeline? How did this happen? <laughs> I like it. I, they should just do that. Just yeah. like you know, just like screw it. Just like it's going to be Star Wars girl, you know, girl power hour. I don't know what that means, but I I don't mind this. I, mean, I feel like there are a lot of good strong female characters in the Star Wars universe. Oh yeah, and um, I'm a big fan of uh, Sabine and Ahsoka. Yeah, see, and those are two that I don't really know because I don't watch the the animated stuff. And that's like after watching the movies, like even. And more I know so. you're a big fan of Ahsoka. I know you keep talking about yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and I, what 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 race is she? What what kind of what is I she? I can't remember. It's not a Twilight because you, you tore me in two yeah, the one I time I said that. Yeah, my yeah. my Star Wars spongy brain is starting to go. I don't I don't retain <laughs> as much as I used to. Like, there's gonna be a day where you're in an old person's home. Yeah, and you'll be wearing a Star Wars shirt. Someone's gonna be tell me about Star Wars. You're just like you're look down and be like, I don't know anything I anymore. Don't know anything anymore? You're just gonna remember Jar Jar, and, and that's all yeah. you're gonna remember. Yeah. No. Anyway. But no, yeah, um, I I don't know why. Like I like the I think maybe because there were more episodes with those characters, and I got to know them more than like like Leia or Ray, like and Padme and stuff. Like I I feel like because they're only in a couple of movies, I just have that to base it off of. Well, no, I think that's very fair. You yeah, because you get so more exposure. To these you characters get more exposure because yeah. like you see, like I hated Ahsoka when she first came out because like it was in the original Clone Wars movie. And God, what is she used to call Anakin Sky Guy? I'm like, I'm gonna strangle this little Padawan kid. I'm like, <laughs> what? Who the hell says Sky Guy? And someone then, that was written by Lucas. Yep. And then, yeah. uh, and then he would what do you call? He would always call her Snips. And I'm just like, oh, I hate this relationship. <laughs> that sounds like a Lucas thing to it be does. like, oh, they have cute little nicknames from each yeah. other. Yeah. And then like after about like season three or four, which I'm sure is when he was kind of like, I'm about to sell my stuff. Uh, <laughs> I thought you, I'm sorry you met Lucas. Not I was thinking Anakin. Where he's just like <laughs> no. I'm thinking about turning bad. I yeah. might just want to get rid of some of these good guy robes. No, but like after about that, yeah, I that was lightsaber's like, a little too bright for me. I really started to like Ahsoka, and then like when she got brought into Rebels, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm so glad Ahsoka's back. But anyway, yeah. So the series that's cool. I I like that they're doing this. Um, and I almost hope that they do. Like aside from Star Wars. Uh, it would be cool to get like little Marvel snippets with some of the the, the heroes there, like to get some more. Because I mean, I we with with what is with Wonder Woman coming out. Um, there's so many girls right now, so excited like for Wonder Woman, and rightfully so. So she's a good you know a good character and a good hero. Give give more options, you know, like just more than just the one. Like you know, oh, you get to be Batgirl, and that's it, you know, because all I have is this Batman mask, you know. Like I want I want girls to have a bunch of heroes. I think that's awesome, you know, because all we we get all a bunch of guy stuff all the time. Yeah. So Joe agrees, and that's that. Except for Jane Urso, Jane Urso. She rebelled. No, she doesn't. It got edited out. <laughs> I mean, she, I don't the, want to hold it against Felicity Jones, but man, I really just I don't ah, what did I don't know what we happened. We could we that. could do an autopsy on Rogue One. Maybe we should do that before episode eight comes out. We could do that. Yeah. I would be more I mean, like, and I don't want to beat up Rogue One because I love Star Wars, but man, there's just so many things that Rogue One I just couldn't there were things I do like, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm just like it's a complete trash, you know. 
No, because K2SO. Yeah, I mean, you've got a sarcastic, cynical robot that chokeslams you when he rescues you from the prison. Yeah, that's probably the greatest thing ever. Um, Brief aside, did you see, uh, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Joe Caroni's print he did for uh, for Leia for the Colorado, like Denver Comic Con? Mm -hmm. He He was commissioned to do it before she passed, and he has it available now. It's really awesome. I'll have to show you photos of oh, it. Oh, cool. like, It's really, really cool looking because it's it's her like you remember you saw the Entertainment Weekly covers that they did. That's like the center image, and then there's like four or five like other little images around of her, like you know Leia in different stages of her her life, and it's it's a really nice piece. Oh, like, cool. So, I gotta check it out. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be available there, um, but I'm sure people people are already going over going the moon over the moon over it. So I'm sure it'll be available if you want to grab one. Yeah. So anyway, enough enough Star Wars talk for this week. All right. Wait, was that the end? Yeah. No. Star Wars? Well, no, we got one, yeah. yeah no, we got one I was more. giving a dramatic pause because it's I thought like, were, no, we I, already hit Spider-Man, we already hit Star Wars. <laughs> I thought you were going like, to click the button. No, no. It was just a dramatic pause. The one time I do it. So yeah. um, Nintendo announced the mini SNES. Classic ad- edition. Which you know, they have a little NES that. Classic NES yeah, edition. Yeah, that people were happy about, people bought, and I'm sure people weren't playing now. Yeah. Um, and now this one's been announced and everyone's losing their minds. Thought we'd go over the games real quick because there's one game in here in particular, yeah, that people are like freaking out about. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, all right. So, we got Contra 3 The Alien Wars, which I mentioned before the show. What the hell were they fighting the first two times? Um, because if you've ever played Contra, you're shooting a lot of aliens, yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong Country makes total sense. Earthbound, I did. Did you ever play Earthbound? I didn't play it, but that people hold that up as one of the, the I, their favorite I, RPGs because the sense of humor and the scope of it. Oh, like, okay. Uh, Final Fantasy 3 is probably my favorite RPG of all time, which is they're they're isn't it, they're calling this Final Fantasy 3 on here, but it was six, it's six, but it was three. three this is one of my favorite RPGs yeah. of all time, they so skip two to four. Four, the two, three, and four in the states, and they yeah. just came out. And, and then uh, F Zero, no big F-Zero. surprise. F Zero is great, um, which is really funny because like F Zero um, feels like it got replaced by Mario Kart. Yeah, that's Cause, true. Because in a sense, like Nintendo made a racing game, and then it was like I can't remember the last time like like there was an F Zero game. I can't remember it either. I love I love the original F Zero. Um, something the racing felt good in that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it felt like you actually could get better at the tracks as you went along. And I like the variety of the tracks. Sometimes there's just there's just ramps or jumps and you have to hit them or right. you're done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I love F-Zero. I love the soundtrack to that and everything. So uh, what else we got? Kirby, two Kirby games. Not too surprised there. Kirby, Kirby <laughs> Superstar, Kirby's Dream Course. I don't okay. know. Uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. That's not bad. That's probably That's... my favorite Zelda game, too. Yes. Um, which I know. A lot of people will probably throw rocks at me because they didn't say anything about Majora's Mask or. Um, no, this is my favorite Zelda game. I mean, no, 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 I know, but a lot of people hold. Uh, um, what was the other one that was on? Um, uh, Ocarina Mask of Time. Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone holds Ocarina of Time really high. That's fine. They're wrong. Um, Mega Man X. <laughs> I could give or take Mega Man X, but I feel like if you're going to have a Nintendo, Mega Man has to be on there. Yeah. Uh, Secret of Mana. Another RPG there. Another was RPG. Big at the time. I never played that. You know, it's funny. Like I remember, I rented it and I played it for like probably a day, and I was kind of like, eh. Well, sometimes it takes a while for RPGs to, to warm up. It does. You know, like for you to want to really get and into them. I don't. You know what I don't see on here is Chrono, Chrono Trigger. Trigger. Yeah, that, and I'm really it, surprised they didn't get Chrono Trigger on there. Right. People lose their minds over Chrono Trigger. Uh, Star Fox, and then the big one is Star Fox Two. What? The sequel to Star Fox, which was completed. 
and then the GameCube was in production, so they never released Star Fox 2. Um, so people are super excited about this. Uh, here is, um, here, here's this. Do you know why they are called spoilers? I've seen Star Fox 2 being played and finished. It's a really short game and it looks like Star Fox and that's a, like, it's, it's there and it's okay. It's nothing monumental. So, but people were going to go and line up to buy this thing. And it's it, sure if you love Star Fox, but it's, it was, I could see why they didn't rush it out. I mean, it was finished. They could have made money off of it, but it wasn't anything spectacular. So, but if you guys want to know how to find that game, just go on the internet and you'll find it. Like, just <laughs> look at the dark corners of the internet and you can find Star Fox dark 2. Dark corners. Uh, Street yeah. Fighter 2 no, Turbo. Star, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Turbo Hyper Fighting. fighting. Yeah. Which one is that? I don't know. Okay. Does it have Akuma? No, Akuma didn't show up. Uh, he showed up in, a, in Street Fighter 2. Um, I can't remember which one he showed up in. <laughs> Because there's was, like there's like eight different versions of two. Well, yeah, because there was an when he showed up, it was like they added him in as like an extra boss after Bison, and he didn't always come out. So <laughs> he's like, I'm in my trailer. Don't leave me yeah. alone. Leave me alone. You had to, well, you had to unlock him somehow. I don't remember how. Uh, Castlevania Four. Uh, not too surprised about that one. Su- I'm sorry, Super. Okay, we're about to get into the Super Stretch here because when the Super Nintendo came out, everything had to be Super. Yeah. So Super Castlevania Four. Uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, which is actually a really solid RPG, uh, Super Mario World. Which I, I still like a lot. Um, that was a good one. Super Metroid, Super Punch-Out, and Yoshi's Island. Super Yoshi's Island. Super oh. Yoshi's Island. I, I know. Super Secret of Mana. Did you? Yeah. Super Star Fox. Did you play the uh, Super Star Wars games for Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. Those are those are awesome and hard. Yeah. For a side-scroller? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I love, like, I just, I don't know if they could do this now, but I'm sure because of licensing, but those are actually some pretty good games. Like, I'm surprised those aren't on there. Yeah. You know, at least Super Empire Strikes Back, because I thought that was... There were a lot like, of good yeah. licensed games. Uh, the Disney games, like Lion King and Aladdin, those were really solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's your that's your lineup for the Super NES Classic something, 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 something. Um, you know, get it, because it's not going to be available, or just be angry that you didn't get it. I, or go get an emulator and get um, get a controller and play these games anyway. How about that? I think the big draw for this, though, is that it, the way that it actually plays on the big TVs now, it doesn't have the same problems that some of the emulators do. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, they're, this is made to be on the, the TV the right way. So, yeah. oh, well, all right. Uh, I just, I'm just like, cool titles. I'm not excited because I, like, I didn't get an NES when it came out. I, I, I'm not excited because like, I have ROMs that I don't ever play, but I could. Yeah, I have enough games already that I don't play that yeah. I don't need to add on a bunch of, you know. <laughs> I, I would want to kind of play Final Fantasy 3 with an actual Super Nintendo controller again, though. Yeah. Because, like, I have Final Fantasy 3. I have it on my phone, and I have it on uh, my computer, but I have to use, like, my Xbox controller. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, that that's fair. I mean, like, the like when I, with um, the virtual console for Nintendo, like when the Wii came out, you could they had all their older games available. Like I have Mega Man Two on the Wii. And you have to buy them. Yeah, because yeah. Nintendo, you know, that's what happens. 
Um, cause I didn't mod my Wii. I know that some people like put every single game on there and that's fine. I'm, I'm not that smart. Uh, but you take the, the Wii controller, turn it sideways and use it like a regular controller. It, that doesn't work well with those old games. So I have Mega Man 2. I'm terrible at it on the Wii and that makes me sad. That's my, uh, my secret shame. So, um, <laughs> I know judge me. All right. That's it. So if you guys are excited for this, I'm sure you, nothing will say will deter you. Let us know how excited you are. Yeah. Tell us how many times you finished Final Fantasy three and tell me if you saved all the characters. That's the tough thing is cause like there's like what, 16, 17, 20 characters yeah. and the, the ninja guy, you have to do very specific things to keep him in your party. Yeah. So if you finish Final Fantasy three with the ninja, let me know that because I never was able to do that. So, all right. No, enough about it. Very, very pre mass effect. Yeah. I, that's why I guess why I like three because it's like when you could make your party, you know, I it's was, just like I loved. Yeah. yeah. There was the gambler guy that yep. threw all the coins that I thought was awesome to realize you're spending your own money. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this does a lot of damage, but We're now I don't gonna, have money. We're not going to do damage and anymore. Then there's this. the one guy whose special moves you could put in the controller like they're actually Street Fighter moves. Yeah. I, I used that. him a lot. Yeah. yeah, and then his brother, who was like the first the steampunk, guy. Yeah, yeah, type guy. steampunk guy. Yeah, it was, and there, and you had the materia system, which that means anybody can learn a spell. Like there was really fun things in that game, and then really easy ways to break it. Yep, because you could teach everybody Ultima. It doesn't matter if they're a caster; they can learn Ultima, and then it's just nines across the board and killing everything in blue. You know. Yep. So, all right, good times. There's your member berries. Now, now onto some more member berries. And now for our feature presentation. So we're jumping the gun a little early because uh, Spider-Man Homecoming does not come out until the end of next week. But um, I figured, you know, everybody's getting excited for this. All the, the initial, like, people have been able to tweet the reactions. There's not been full-fledged reviews up yet. People are really excited about the movie. They really like it. The people have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mentioned to Joe, I think it had been interesting to go back and actually look at the Sam Raimi movies. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, because I don't think they get the attention anymore. No, they don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, because you got another, you had another series of Spider-Man movies that came out with Andrew Garfield that Mark Webb did, and um, those kind of like got—I don't want to say mo- more modernized, but those got a little bit brought up to speed. And then, you know, your your early two thousands, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst movies, those those kind of like they didn't fall by the wayside, but like people didn't really think about them, especially after what happened with Spider-Man three. Yeah. So. Um, like I remember when Spider-Man One was coming out. Uh, like, do you remember the trailer that they had that they had to pull for the Twin Towers? Yes. Yeah. That was a cool trailer. Not not because the Twin Towers collapsing after, but it was him foiling a bank robbery, and then at the end you saw this big web between the towers and the helicopter, and that was something that was never in the movie. It was never intended for the movie, but it was kind of like a little mini caper, yeah. and it was awesome, and it got me really excited for Spider-Man. You didn't know. Yeah, it was really cool. I'll never forget. I can't remember what movie I went and saw, but I remember sitting in the theater, and I was watching, and the trailer came on, and I'm just like, oh, okay, these guys are robbing a bank, and I don't know. And then you have no clue what's happening to their helicopter, and then you see it like stuck in a giant web between the Twin Towers, and you're just like, oh, and then it's like Spider-Man Memorial Day. I was like, what? Spider-Man? <laughs> no. I was like so excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was excited too. Like I just, um, I watching them again, because I own the first two and I hadn't watched them in a very long time. Uh, the One of the things I, I forgot about was that the first Spider-Man film uh, was actually, it actually had that the Marvel logo with the flipping pages mm-hmm. that they used until recently. So I had, I was like, wait, when did they, like I, I had a weird moment of like, 
that's that old. I, cause I, when I see that now, I think of like the Marvel version, like when it was bought by Disney, not like just Marvel as a, a yeah. name, you know, for the movies. Well, wasn't that their first venture? No, well, they, Sony studios did it, but wasn't, was Iron Man the first movie where they started to break into their own studio or was it Iron Man two? No, it was Iron Man was the first one that, okay. that, uh, Marvel by their, so they, they partnered up with Paramount. No, it wasn't Paramount. Uh, Paramount was with the incredible Hulk, I think. Either way, they used two different studios for Iron Man and the Hulk, and that was the big deal at the time. Okay, um, but yeah, that was the first ones they did on their own, and then Marvel, and then Disney bought them. But this was Sony. I thought that was interesting, and then also, I I, um, I just watched the movies again. It's just it, I remember why I love them, and I'm not saying they didn't age well. I mean, they have they have their issues, and I remember posting about uh, Spider Man Two, watching it again for the first time in a while. Um, a friend of the show, uh, Jeff Ritchie mentioned that's like his favorite, one of his favorite ones, because, uh, you know, the bad guy doesn't really have motivation to fight Spider-Man until he's forced to. And that's different, right? I just remember loving two and I thought two was amazing and then mm-hmm. it's still really good, but watching it, like, I guess just watching all three in a row, you kind of get a little bit of like, you know, um, Toby Maguire fatigue, you know, a little bit oh, of like, I could yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think two, I still hold two as like one of the best superhero movies i've ever seen like i always kind of put that up there just and part of it's because spider-man is in there but it was like <laughs> you you had already had the first origin uh movie which to talk about that like i remember in the theater i was like really mad about the whole web shooter thing like that really bugged me when i first saw that that was organic and not that it was like organic like, i didn't care i don't know why that bugged me so much but i kind of got over it really quick um but then like uh and the, and the goblin, like I really wish they hadn't made the goblin so like stormtroopery, like armor. Yeah, um, I remember seeing like uh, test footage of like um, a goblin mask they were going to put on Willem Dafoe. Yeah, the articulated one that yeah. actually moved. And I was like, that looks amazing. It was creepy looking. And I'm yeah. like, that's what it needed to be. Um, and have you seen? Speaking of goblins, have you seen those um, those human drones? Like it's like a drone that people can stand on and fly. Oh, it's a yeah, glider. Kind of, yeah, it's a glider. Yeah. But it was really funny. I saw something on the internet the other day, and somebody quoted like an archer. It's like, is this how? Do you want green goblins? Because this, this is how you get green goblins. <laughs> well, it's pretty bad when the green goblin mask that's on the front of the maximum overdrive truck looks more like the green goblin than the goblin. Than and, the goblin. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't mind. So the two things about that one uh, with Spider-Man and his web shooters, Sam Raimi was saying that he didn't really feel that it was believable that a high school kid could come up with like an adhesive that's like that. 3M couldn't come up with. So they had to find a way to explain that for him. And it's like, you're, if you're already getting bit by a spider that's giving its power, so why not go that one extra step? I, I was okay with it. I it's, If it's one less thing to explain, uh, much like to pull it forward to Homecoming, how uh, Parker has all this tech just because Stark gave it to him. I think it's one of the best ways of writing around how this high school kid can make up all this stuff. Uh, just the fact that he has it already and can tinker with it, but it was given to him by someone that's way more smart, well, not smarter, but has access to technology. I think that's a really cool way of getting around that. But then the other thing too with the goblin suit, um, they wanted the mask because they, they did do with the original like goblin looking mask that I thought was cool, but they decided to go with uh, the one they did because they um, they're trying to model it after like uh, like war like war masks like you know like um, didn't look like war mask at all well kind of like you know like intimidation yeah, like you I know. see that and you're and it's weird watching it now because the eyelids would open up and you see Willem Dafoe's eyes and then you'd kind of see his mouth a little bit behind in the mesh like he's like talking through like a bank teller mesh yeah and it was he did a really good job but it's a little awkward seeing human eyes and that big solid like mask yeah you know? and I just 
I don't like the mask. I mean, they could have done what, I mean, Osborne's nature is where he just, the chemical changes the way he looks. So, yeah. Um, but I, I think Defoe as the first villain is awesome. I yeah. think he's really, really good as that. Yeah, I do and, too. I, and I appreciate his, like watching him switch from like Norman to the goblin and then having him have that golem moment of him talking to himself in the mirror is still really good. And you can tell that Raimi's horror roots show, show through all three movies because he's really good at setting up the jump scare. He's really good at doing like the Dutch angles to show how things aren't at it. Like they're just odd, oddly placed. Um, and even in the second movie with the whole bit with the arms when uh, Otto's in the hospital, and he's knocked out, but the arms are fighting for like fending for themselves. That is a straight up him just ripping off Evil Dead. It is, and it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's the director that made Evil Dead, so you can't call him out on it, right? But it's great seeing people get flipped through walls, and then the the different arms are like pushing people all over the place. So the one guy's reaching for a chainsaw, and he it, can't quite get it. Yeah, and how the quick edits and people are screaming. It's like it's 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 Evil Dead, but with mechanical arms. And right. I love it. It's so good. No, and then that what I loved about two was just like. You you pretty much had free reign to kind of like go with with Spider Man. You didn't have to worry about setting up the, the origin like which, you know. And I don't I don't want to use like amazing jumping Amazing Spider Man too much, but I feel like Spider Man Two versus Amazing Spider Man Two did a better job of letting you come back into the world. Like uh, yeah, feel, absolutely yeah. yeah. So I feel like um, I feel like he wasn't struggling as much in Spider Man Two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they still kind of put like somewhat of a struggle in Amazing Spider Man. Uh, you know, like with him uh, killing Dennis Leary or Dennis Leary getting killed or whatever, you know, and other stuff. <laughs> him so. killing Dennis Leary. Like, just not, not Captain Stacy, just not Dennis, Cap- Dennis Leary. Leary. Yeah. Well, and then in like Sp- and then Spider-Man, they ripped off the original Mary, J- or Mary Jane, um, uh, Gwen Stacy death off the bridge. Yeah. Which she didn't die. Yeah. So, um, so what is it about the those original couple movies? And we'll, we'll talk more about the third here a little bit. I kind of want to talk about three separate from the other two because it deserves its own talk. What about this movie still hold up for you? Like really well. Um, well, I think like, like what you were saying, like what Jeff, Jeff said, like definitely like, like um, Alfred Molina as Otto was probably one of the best villains out there in terms of like an actual transition of a villain. Like I feel like, like, like Ock in the comic books is is way more sinister, but like uh, yeah, yeah, see what I did there? Yeah, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, but Alfred Molina's like portrayal of of Otto Octavius was was great because like you didn't know how it was going to flip, and then when it did, uh, you were kind of like, wow, this guy this guy is really cool. Like, and he's smart. Like, he yeah. was a very smart villain. Like, I feel like like. Uh, Defoe playing like Goblin in the first one. He wasn't stupid, but I felt like he was kind of like, uh, um, like he was he was more brutish just because of like the serum he took and the strength. He always had he a had chip tech. on his shoulder. He had a chip on his yeah. shoulder. Oct didn't really have a chip on his shoulder. And like even when he goes to rob the bank, you know, and he's just kind of like being real cocky or when he like breaks into uh, the the cafe. And he just kind of like like beats up Peter Parker, and he's like, "Hey, I'm looking for your buddy." And then he leaves. Yeah, it's just like like peace. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about him. Like he's very very confident, and smart as a, as a I, scientist. And a I villain. think that even then, people are probably you know because like you always want to cast like you know the the like the very very attractive types for this and. 
Molina, I think, was a perfect casting for it. And I, wor- I worry that if we get any future iterations of Octopus, that we're going to get someone like, because he was a scientist first. He was never like, you know, a weightlifter. He was never, yeah. you know, like, like when James Cameron was going to make um, uh, his Spider-Man film, he was going to get Schwarzenegger in there as either Electro or Dr. Octopus. I forget which. I think it was Octavius. And it's like, that's not Octavius to me. Yeah. Because no. like Schwarzenegger by himself is already intimidating. We don't need him to have four other appendages, you know? Right. Um, and that's the thing, yeah. too, is like they like Raimi made the 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 um the octopus arms a character like yeah. they each had different names <laughs> and it was just like they weren't just an extension of him they were a character like the ai was different yeah and like a lot of the stuff that he did it was even just, watching them move kind of like snakes but how they'd kind of the 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 pincers would open mm-hmm. a little bit yeah it reminded me a lot of little shop of horrors how like you'd have like audrey too or like you know kind of always around kind of like you know always being that presence of like he, he kind of, maybe he wants to do good, but this thing's going to tell him that he has to do otherwise. I like right. that. It's definitely kind of like a, like the, the the limbs being a dark passenger were very 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 cool twist. Like, and I and I love that the majority of the times you see the arms, they're practical. Yeah. Like, and I was reading trivia about the movie how uh, they said that they would um, that they didn't want to do the CG arms unless they had to because one they wanted that it's too expensive and two like they didn't want, like the way it looks so they would actually do a lot of takes where they felt like the CG might be needed and feel that the arms did really well with the puppeteers without it so a lot of the stuff that you see is is in camera in front of the camera and I think that's awesome I like really 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 cool like there's the bits where he's walking along and the arms lift him up and he keeps walking. It's such a just a smooth movement, and I love that. And I love his, like you say, his attitude. Like when he's on the subway, and everybody stands up, kind of like in the first movie, where it's like you got to get through us to get the Spider-Man. He's like, okay, and just pushes everybody aside with the arms and just grabs Spider-Man and leaves. He just has a smirk on his face, like what, I don't care. I have my objective. I'm out of here. Yeah, I love like you guys. I can't love stop that. me. Yeah. yeah, and I just, I, he was he was a really good villain. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I just I feel like I they. Some people, um, I, I don't know what they feel about the, the the movie. I feel like that Raimi, people are worried that he, like, this guy's a horror movie director. What's he going to do with the Spider-Man franchise? I feel like he gave us almost like the pure distillation of what Peter Parker was, what the, the trials and tribulations of Parker, and also his villains, how they all kind of, all of them kind of happen around him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've even though I feel it's a bit tropey, like their origins are tied to him usually, you know, and I, and I feel like they got, they, Parker was always this kid that had problems on top of problems on top of problems. And I, even though you got that in the, the two newest movies, they felt more like this made him dark and brooding as opposed to just down on his luck. And I, I didn't really, I mean, not that I think Garfield did bad. I just think those movies were heading for a different direction than, than what I think of Parker. Was he staying in that like, um, uh, that one apartment with the with the with the Russian yeah. slumlord guy in the second Rint. one. He was just saying, the second one? Yeah. Yeah, all three. Uh, well, actually, no, second and third one. Because he'd walk one. by and the guy'd be like, Rent? Yeah. He's like, Oh hey, Mr. So and so, you know, it's like I'm I'm two weeks behind on rent. He's like, I can't spin that. <laughs> like yeah. It's just, I, yeah, he had that one like kind of not even one room. It was just like a bed and like a, a sink. And yep. I and that felt very good too, because it was its own character of showing you how poor he was. How yeah. up against it he was. And then I, I not that I ever forgot about J.K. Simmons as J. Joe Jameson. Oh geez. But he is I I know they won't bring 
bring him back. I don't. I just. I, I wish they would. I feel that's the one person they could bring back to pay to play that character. Still, I love him. Uh, even his bit, brief bit in the third movie was great with the desk and all the pills and how the desk would vibrate suddenly whenever he like he was being buzzed by uh, Betty Brant. Yeah, and he was holding the this the the pills about to take one, and they just all shake out of his hand. It's a really good gag. So I yeah I, I he was great I cartoon character but i loved him right you know? yeah jameson is like uh, like that's one thing that i was really bummed about the amazing spider-man is there was no j jonah jameson like, like they referenced it but they didn't bring him in right like, yeah oh. yeah because you need to have parker needs to have uh like problems in the workplace too you know yeah. like and i not that i'm saying this kid needs to be shit on the entire time <laughs> but but the, honestly though like it, he's my he's my favorite comic book character and, and part of it is because it's like you take away the powers like this is a kid I'd hang out with you know and the fact that he has these amazing abilities and still can't catch a break it kind of makes you like you know appreciate a little bit of like you know what I'm still I'm struggling here too you know and like and I feel like they did a really good job of that um I really hope they get this across in the new movie too I feel like they're going to yeah I feel like they even that brief but he was in civil war they kind of got it across that like you know here's a kid here's a kid picking up garbage and taking it home and working on it you know like I appreciate that yeah but and I also appreciate in the second movie that like they they push the the relationship of him and MJ forward and they didn't drag out the whole she's never going to know who he is type thing. Cause it was never really like that. For, yeah. But like, like they did it for a while, but then it wasn't like that. But like watching all three movies in a row, cause I, I was punishing myself. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 they never like, there was never really a big long length of time in the movies that they were together. Like every time the first movie, it's all about like, you know, love at a distance and then realizing, Oh, she can't know who I am. Cause she's in danger. Yeah. And the second one is like, Oh, well I'm ready to tell her, but then she has things going on. So we're not talking to each other. And then, then she like falls in love with them again. And then the third movie, they're together at the very beginning. But then for some reason they, she's given the bum in the deal where she gets kind of jealous of his, his success as Spider-Man whenever she's kind of failing professionally and she doesn't tell him, but then holds it against him that he didn't notice. It was really weird because yeah. she got kicked out of the play and she never told him. And then he was all getting ready to propose to her and stuff. And it was like this weird, like he was being punished because he didn't know. But the whole thing is he didn't know because he's being aloof because he was so absorbed with himself, which is a really weird way to be for Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I, mean, I didn't want to drag into three no, too I don't much. Think but that, was, I don't think that's too weird for him because yeah. sometimes when he has gotten too much of a good thing, he just kind of. Anyway, he, but, he, he Peter Parker's it up. But no, like, and, and that's interesting because, like, you know, I keep going back to Amazing Spider-Man, but, like, the, the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone was way better than than um, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. And, yeah. And I, and both both act or both sets of actors dated, you know, outside of the movie. So oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that um, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Tobey Maguire. Maguire did, yeah. yeah, they did. Oh, okay. So I, I just I, I'm not saying that she did a bad job with the movie. Um, I didn't like her as Mary. I, I love I, Mary Jane to death. Like, and I did not like her. And, and, and that's Mary fair, Jane. but I don't think that. Like, I think that some of the stuff that she was handed to try to get across wasn't the best. And um, I feel like they forced some of that. And yeah, I, like, I agree with that. Um, so because in the first movie, it's like you know she's the girl next door and. You know, they grew up together. It just, it was fine. It, it was perfectly fine. He, he, you know, he's always loved her from a distance. Um, and she was okay. And, and I, the, the first one, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but it feels like it's, it's a really good movie from start to finish. And if anybody ever wants to know 
like what's a good superhero movie to start with. I think that's a really good one to start with. Yeah. Because the humor in it still works for me. I forgot. I forgot about him having that moment of like, I could shoot webs and he's trying to figure out how to do it. And he says a couple things that aren't Marvel related where he's like, uh, up, up and away web. And he's like, Shazam. And he's just trying to get the webs to shoot out. They're not doing yeah. anything. That's really funny. He finally gets it going. He hits and he hits the side of the building. That's a funny gag. And then the whole bit where he's going to go wrestling and he tells Bruce Campbell, his name is the human spider. And Campbell's like, no, that's a stupid name. You're the amazing Spider-Man. Then that moment he just stands there, he has his back turned. He's like, he didn't say my name right. Like, I forgot about that. I was cracking up about how it's like, there's that brief moment of comedy of like, he didn't say my name right. Macho man. Yeah. Bonesaw is ready. Three Um, minutes. (laughs) So yeah, I I, I forgot about the comedy of it. I mean, not that I forgot about it, but I forgot about the exact nature of the jokes. Bruce Campbell's really great in all three moments. He's in the movies. Um, I love the idea that they, like if they're going to make a fourth, they talked about that they're actually going to have him be revealed that he was Mysterio, yeah, and he was screwed with Parker the entire time. But it was going to be like a bit one off, like at the very beginning, you'd see him getting arrested, and it was like a really small minor plot point. But I love that. I love that. Uh, I kind of yeah. wish they would have put more villains in as like kind of almost how they did with Amazing Spider-Man, where they had the Rhino as just a quick bit in the beginning. Yeah, but he was such a part of the advertising campaign that. I feel like you got you got cheated. Well, when I you feel saw. like they're doing they're, they're gonna they're gonna roll us out with Homecoming because I know Shocker's in it. Yeah, like they haven't really showed much about it, but I'm like I'm hoping he doesn't play as big of a part, but enough where you're just like, oh, okay, that's Shocker. I would still like it if they did the whole like James Bond bit where you'd have like a five ten minute intro of a sequence that's a fight that's not related necessarily to the story where he's fighting a villain. Yeah, because you know? there was talks there for a while that uh, that. Um, so there was a petitioner online to try to get Larry David to be the vulture. And I thought that would have been amazing to get Larry David as the vulture, but have him at the be, be the beginning being a fight. And then you move on with the movie. Yeah. Kind of like how the beginning of like the dark Knight was the Joker doing a heist without anything. And it's like it informed the rest of the movie, but it didn't have anything to do with Batman, you know? And I, I wish they'd do more of that. Um, but I feel like anytime Spider-Man gets more villains involved though, you, the, the results get like watered down. Well, that's why I thought like, like, you know, and they did that James Bond thing, but you're with the Rhino. But they that you're right, that was way p- too much part of the marketing campaign. Uh, but well, because they brought him back at the end for like it didn't really fit. But you they know? didn't like, need to bring him back. No, they then. didn't. And they could have brought him back in the Sinister Six movie they were going to do, and that would have been more interesting. And be like, oh, this is a guy in the first five minutes who gets arrested, so that's why he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's taking up this whole Rhino moniker. Well, do you remember in the Ultimate Spider-Man? Uh, series there was a whole bit where parker was trying to get downtown to fight the rhino and you see the rhino on the tv screens challenging the cops and he just can't get there because things keep happening and then business admits that he thinks the rhino is a really dumb character and kind of wanted to show that he's not even important enough to have him be in our book and i thought that was kind of like so i feel like that's i think the rhino could be a cool character but i like the rhino i i think it'd have been better to have him in the beginning and that's it and then maybe tease him later for the Sinister Six, but you, it's, you kept seeing Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti, and it was like it, it felt like it felt like a cheat. It felt know? like they were going to really push it. So let's talk about three really quick, because like that that's when they really started to to kind of jump into multiple villains, and and I feel like that's the superhero movie, not death sentence, but like when you start throwing in multiple villains, because you ha- like Batman's guilty of this too, you know, like they started throwing multiple villains in. Uh, like Tim Burton did Penguin and Catwoman, but I mean, that's been such a long time since I've watched that, that movie. That I wasn't either. as bad, but like, if you look yeah. back at all the, cause we, we talked about it on our Facebook page, like, um, you know, 
Spider-Man and Batman are pretty much the flagship heroes for those publishing companies, and they have the best rogue galleries. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, they had a huge cast of people to pick from for Batman. So, you know, you, then you started to see, uh, you know, uh, the Riddler and Two-Face and Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. It wasn't just like, you know, the first movie, The Joker. And then that's kind of like where Spider-Man fell into with three. It's like, well, we're going to have Sandman because that's what Raimi wants to do. But the the studio... Sony kept leaning so hard really for Venom. ...really wants Venom. Yeah. And the thing with that was like, I think... I think you know, I was talking about it at the beginning of the show, like driving over here. I thought about like Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is a great example of uh, how great things get ruined in Hollywood where, you know, you have Spider-Man one where, you know, there, there was some interest in Sony's like, we're going to we're going to we're going to back this. We're going to fund it. We'll see how it does. It blows up. OK. Yeah. And then they have Raimi do Spider-Man two. It continues to just snowball. That third movie, they're gonna want to play around and have way more control, and that, and I think because the third one, they're gonna, you know, that's when they were kind of like, well, let's just let's just experiment and do whatever, you know, whatever we think is right versus what the writers and the directors well, want to do. The whole thing they kept pushing to Ramy was that Venom has world has worldwide brand recognizability, and and it was just like. Because I know Sandman was supposed to be the, the villain of the third one, no matter what. And Thomas Hayden Church, I think, is a good choice for for Flint Marco. Yeah. Um, I've, I've watching that movie again. Um, that this was the second time I've seen the movie outside the theater. So this has been what like, almost ten years or so since I've seen, or over ten years. Because I remember coming out of the theater feeling kind of disappointed. It was very frustrating because I loved the first two and the third one. Now watching it again. It's just like the first, the first like forty five minutes to an hour isn't bad. It no. isn't bad at all. It's not bad. Like um, the sequence, and here I'll say this too: across the board for all three, the action sequences, the choreography holds up really well because they really thought out how like you had Spider Man the first one fight you know Goblin on the glider that was sweet, and then I remember being so happy to see the the fight on the side of the building with Octopus and Spider Man, even though the Aunt May thing was a little you know, it's, that's that's whatever that's fine, but like seeing them like fight sideways that was i had not seen anything like that before and it was awesome because like i know uh octopus was throwing the money bags at him and then causing all the other collateral damage and it was it was cool and then this one even as dumb as the movie gets even the showdown at the end where you have venom and sandman and spider-man and uh extreme sports goblin like fighting all together the sequence is actually like the action part of it's still really good the story doesn't make any sense. No, that's the thing. Um, hey, yeah, action sports goblin. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> like they get they get James Franco to play uh, Harry Osborn for three movies, and in the first two movies, they do such a good job of building up their friendship. The evolution of that, yeah. The evolution of it, even including MJ in it, and then they just kind of like you know the third one. It's like you know eventually Harry's going to turn into the goblin and then they turn him into like this like retarded like I don't know writer's strike uh uh like extreme sports goblin that makes no sense like I don't even remember if he took the uh the he serum did. He, did. Did he did take he took, the serum yeah. Uh, and like, it, it I, like, I dug I didn't mind the glider I thought that was kind of a cool I, I didn't mind like the snowboard looking glider it kind of gave a, a different look cuz he he's his own person But I, he wasn't I, really even green yeah, I mean that's true. And, um, and the gear he was wearing is just like this is. It was more like tactical combat yeah. gear type stuff. I didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind like the face mask visor, pro BMX. Um, even I don't know, like the whole sequence at the beginning of the movie when he starts chasing down Parker, 
it was actually kind of cool. It actually holds up pretty well. My problem is that suddenly he gets a head injury and then can't remember anything and is nice James Franco again. And they and they keep that that point that pot boiling until they needed it to boil over and have him remember everything. It was a dumb move to suddenly have him be nice Harry and then be like, oh, now I remember everything. That's right. I was mad at Spider-Man. Now I'm going to attack him again. Like yeah. it's that felt like you could have had him lurking in the corners the entire time and adding like actual stakes to the movie. And that could have been really interesting because uh, they even had the bit too where he he confronts MJ and makes her break up with Peter and, and she can't tell him why. And it's like, and she's trying, it's trying to break him down personally. And I didn't mind that. It just felt rushed. And then you have Eddie Brock, which like, I actually would have been okay with Topher Grace being Eddie Brock in the movie without Venom. Cause I thought he was a really good reflection of Parker. I, cause he was, you know, cocky. Uh, he, he says he was good at his job. You don't really know for sure. Cause he, he took a lot of shortcuts and it's like, he really wanted that fame and glory, but he also wanted to be acknowledged before he even got there. Like I liked, I liked, even though I know Brock in the comics is older, I, I didn't mind the idea of bringing someone that's exactly like his equal, but just like, the bad version of him. Yeah, I like that. I, I did like that. I didn't mind. Grace didn't do a bad job with that. I didn't mind that it was bad, but I do feel like, you know, the symbiote was where they really dropped the ball. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that they need to needed to cultivate more. Like, you can tell, like, the way that it was thrown into the movie, like, it just literally, it literally fell into the movie. It literally fell into the movie, and there's no explanation for it. Like, you know, at least in the comics, like, he realizes that it's something different. They take it to a lab. The Fantastic Four, you know, examine yeah. it. In, in one of the original uh, drafts of the script for three, they're going to have uh, Jameson's son, who is the astronaut, crash. Like, like, be, like, the spaceship was coming down, and it was crashing, and Spider-Man saves him. And that was on the spaceship. At least that would feel more organic than just space rock. Bloop. That's it. Yeah. And this thing crawls over and it attaches itself to his little motorbike and just hangs out until for some reason, and then attaches itself to his red and blue suit. And he falls asleep. It covers him without him realizing it. He wakes up upside down outside in a black suit and is like, this feels pretty good. Now I'm awesome. He never questions why that happens. Yeah, it was really weird. Like I feel like they skimped on the CG of the symbiote, and and like yeah, that transition made no sense. No, like, it was so rushed. Like it was so rushed, and then like he's got the black suit, and you're like, so was it a dream? I'm like, why did we force it like this? Like did he just like did it get him, and then he wakes up and he's upside down, and it's like, how would you not remember that? So. That was just terrible. Well, because in the comic, after a while, the suit would start operating on its own and would take him when he was asleep and it would go out and it wouldn't kill people, but it'd be very aggressive fighting crime. And he would wake up and realize, oh, what am I doing? But that was set up over time, not just, hey, I'm wearing a red and blue suit. Now I'm wearing a black suit and I'm outside. Black suit's cool. Let's do it. You know, like it just that felt weird. And then. Uh, when he went to the bell tower and hit the bell accidentally and it showed the suit react, then it's like, wait, the, the symbiote is the actual suit now? Like, like I know in the comics it is, but it took over a suit. It didn't become a suit. And, the, and then it shows him trying to rip it off. None yeah. of that made sense. Like, it didn't make sense. As watching a movie, it didn't up. make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, because, like, you know, from what I know in the comic, I was like, it was the suit. Like, it was like a goo or something. Yeah. And then in the movie, they made it like it took over fabric. 
Yeah, I, guess. I don't know. And but, well, even in the comics too, like he could mimic other things. Yeah, like, like yeah, I didn't understand that either. Like, why didn't they go with the whole thing? Like, because he could change his clothes and things like that instantly. Yeah. Um, and then you know you get, of course, you got the emo dancing. And, that that yeah, I'll get to that in a second. I just I. It, there was nothing like if you just watch this movie without knowing anything about Venom, it doesn't make a lick of sense. And the way that it like uh, that Brock's in the church and it and it comes onto Brock and be, he becomes Venom, well, and then exactly, suddenly has, it has what well, happens like that in the comic it too. Exactly yes, like that in the comics. Um, but like all of a sudden, Venom has a mouth. Like it's just and it's just and now he knows everything that Parker knew. There was no indication that that was something that could happen right they didn't like well, the they, movie didn't set any of that up if you knew from the comics it's like all oh, that makes sense right. but if if someone's just sitting in the theater watching this for the first time like, it would be the it, it is the dumbest thing ever it's the dumbest thing ever like we knew because it's like the symbiote's alive they never even say it's a symbiote yeah they said it acts like it acts like a symbiotic thing or whatever it's like oh, and then because kirk connor's is like you didn't let that thing touch you did you and, and then by that time parker was emo parker because his hair was down mm. you know like but yeah. but yeah like they uh, if nobody knew that that, that that actually shared memories and knew what the host knew, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, and then the entire time like we're talking knew. about this, we, Sandman's forgotten. Like he or wasn't yeah. there a scene? I don't. I don't remember. Wasn't there a scene where uh, Venom gets a drop on him all the time? And it's like they don't explain that the suit knows how to block out his spider sense. Yeah, it it it, it showed one time where he got the drop on him. But so with Sandman. And this bums me out because the, the other than his intro, which is like, my kid is sick. And that's all you know about <laughs> Sandman. My, my kid, kid is sick. sick. She can't breathe. And I have to go now. It's like, okay, great. Thanks, Sandman. Um, he goes running off like away from the cops, ends up in a pile of sand that's being tested by science whatever yeah uh, that's okay that, that makes as much sense <laughs> as being bit by a spider yeah honestly, i love right? that scene too yeah. when he gets in there and they're like oh like the, the, the mass has changed it's like it's probably a bird it's is it a 150 bird. pound bird really is that what's in there now <laughs> right? like did, did an ostrich drop in there like a herd of ostrich like yeah. it's fine they'll clear out it's yeah, probably an emu or two it's like it'll get scared and leave yeah be like but then he gets absorbed into the, the sand and then the sequence of him like reforming himself it's a pretty damn good scene. It is. Because it shows him like struggling with the like like you know, coming back together, even though the necklace that has his daughter's photo in it didn't disintegrate with the rest of him, which that doesn't make sense, but whatever. It shows him trying to grab for it and he can't. And then he has to you know will himself into doing it. That's a really, really, really good sequence. And then uh the armor car sequence too, which I was watching that. Then it occurred to me, I watched that being filmed downtown in Cleveland when they shot here, and I, for, I, I never forgot that I went to go see Spider-Man 3 being filmed. I honestly just forgot for the longest time, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is Cleveland. I was there to see the armored car get like, turned over, and I forgot. Like That tells you how, how far I've taken this movie out of my mind that I forgot yeah. I was downtown for the filming of it, and that's it you know yeah. like it was a good sequence i like that they actually went with something as a villain that wasn't just a like a like an analog to spider-man it was something different like i thought that was cool um and then at the end they realize that spider-man can't beat sandman so they just have him blow away sad and that's it yeah. like he's wanted by the cops he committed crimes and parker's like i forgive you and the sandman's like i'm sad and just and that's it sand and it's like the, then dust in the wind plays uh, yeah <laughs> that, i close my eyes yeah yeah that would be that would be fine you know or it'd even be better if like parker's crying a little bit and then mary jane's like what's wrong he's like i think i got i think i got a little sand in my eye like my eye. yeah right so that that like i feel like thomas hayden church was wasted uh though there were some fun little fights that they had um i feel like tacking on his his portion of the story of how uncle ben got killed was stupid 
Uh, yeah, yeah, like they didn't need to tie him to Uncle Ben. No, that they was, didn't. That was unnecessary. Yeah, and um, but he was forgotten. But then, but then to tie it all together, um, Sandman happens just to be in a back alley somewhere, like just walking along doing doing whatever, and then Venom shows up, and he goes after Marco. And, and Sandman's like, oh, Parker, not Parker. He's like, oh, Spider-Man, I've been looking for you. And it's like, oh, I'm not Spider-Man, but we can find him. It was almost like as someone's like, shit, we don't have them talking to each other until later in the movie. We need that one moment where they talk to each other to establish that the villains have talked to each other. It was such a shoehorned in moment. It, just, it was so frustrating to watch it again. Um, but I did, again, I like Topher Grace's Venom. I don't know why he had fangs. Like, he physically had fangs. Topher Grace's face had fangs. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that was, um, but I did like at one point he's like, my spider sense is tingling, if you know what I mean. That was a very Topher Grace kind of line delivery, and I thought that was great, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, man, like, it's one of those movies that it didn't need to be, like, it was already two hours plus, but I feel like the last hour was so jammed with everything that even like another half hour probably would have helped that movie a lot, and it just, it didn't, it, not that I want a three-hour cut of Spider-Man 3 now, because I don't think there's a way of fixing it, but, man, you, you just added two villains. Sorry, no, I, I forgot. You had the third villain. You had Goblin Jr. You know, I keep yeah, forgetting Goblin about Jr., him. Yeah, Goblin Jr., yeah. You know, and then, they, feel, te- and then I, they team up at the end, and they, have, they almost pretty much high-five. You know what's really bad, though? Like, is Harry's like, like, I forgive you. We're cool now. Super best friends. I feel like nobody learned their... Or Sony didn't learn their lesson about the Green Goblin, because if you look at The Amazing Spider-Man when Dan DeHane played the Green Goblin, that was awful. Yeah, again, I feel like they I feel like he had an idea what he wanted to do with it. Yeah. And I and I feel like what he was wanting to do with it was different than the movie wanted to do with it. I'm not saying that I, I didn't mind I didn't I didn't mind that character. I just wish that they would have held off on him because they introduced uh him in the second movie as a friend of Parker from a long time ago and there was no established relationship in the first movie. Yeah. Um, and when I texted you and I was watching these movies, I, I texted you, I was like, Oh, I think it's pretty great that every movie doesn't have like the same villain. And then I had to text you back and be like, Oh yeah, I forgot the green goblins and the new ones too. Cause I honestly forgot about him. Well, if you think and, about and it, he's like, three times they use the goblin, but I, anyway, I wouldn't really count Franco. <laughs> That's not goblin. But anyway, no, but if you think about it, it's like they did Roblin. the same thing with Batman. Like Batman had no repeat villains except for the Joker. Yeah. Because they did Raja Ghoul, they did Bane, and then they did all the the Schumacher stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They did do all the Schumacher and then, stuff. And now we're getting Deathstroke. So. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I guess I'm glad that not that every time they've rebooted this franchise, it just isn't like here's a story of Spider Man and Green Goblin, Spider Man and Green Goblin. I don't need to see that interplay over and over again. Um, it will make it, it will be interesting that if. Because I know they're supposed to be making two more Homecoming movies or whatever you would call them, Spider-Man movies for the MCU. They said that there's going to be more Marvel heroes in those two additional movies, but it's not going to be Iron Man. So that'd be kind of fun. You'll have like that Marvel team-up type feel to it. I would love to have the Defenders popping in with Spider-Man. Like, yeah, that'd just, be, like, just, even if it's just like like Spidey and Daredevil on a roof. Like, what are you doing? You know, like yeah. Right? Just some banter. I've always said that. Give me some banter with all the characters. Like, you know, throw uh, uh, what's his name, um, Charlie Cox, like some some uh, some money just to go talk like to some character in a scene. I would him. love that. Yeah, you know, I just I mean, it just makes me wonder if they're going to bring back the Green Goblin and then then the current iteration of the Spider Man universe. And if they do, it just makes me wonder how they're going to address it. Um, I'm excited for the Vulture as the main villain of the new movie. I feel like the direction they're taking it is actually 
really, really cool. Um, in the sense that like, you know, he has reasons to be mad at Stark and that his tech isn't necessarily developed, but it's just kind of scavenged. I like that. That feels different than the vulture of the past where it was more like yeah. he was a mob guy. He had, he had access to grind, but it was more like it was all about the power of the city. Not like trying to like, yeah. not like a vendetta. Um, well, the vulture is old. The vulture was what I think issue two. Yeah. He was one of the, one of the, the original ones. Yeah. Chameleon was amazing. Spider-Man one. And then a uh, vulture was two. So is there any other, other Spider-Man villains right now? Well, if, there's talk even making like a Craven standalone movie, which I think is stupid standalone. Yeah. Like there's supposed to be a Mysterio and Craven standalone movie announced. No, Craven um, needs to have his own. I think a Craven done a well, of- even though Daniel day Lewis is retired from acting. <laughs> I think having Bring him uh, out of retirement, get, get a Craven situation kind of like nightfall where you have Spider-Man just pushed to the limit. Who'd play like, a good Craven? Carl Urban, uh, Lee Schreiber, I think would be interesting as Craven. Oh yeah, he would be good. Yeah. He's getting a little older now too, but I still dig that. Um, even though I think this is going to sound like the obvious choice now because we just watched baby driver. I think John Hamm as like Ooh, a Craven. Yeah. John Hamm. If he could do an good. accent, I think he could pull that off. I think he'd be a badass Craven. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but Man, are, that would mean that like a good percentage of um, uh, uh, Baby Driver would have fought Spider-Man. <laughs> that's true. And would, like Kevin Spacey, and, and the director's friends with Ant-Man, so yeah, that's fine. Kevin, or I don't know about that. Kevin Spacey. No, put he's friends together. with Paul Rudd. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, he's not, I know. I know. I read an article about how Edgar Wright has never seen Ant-Man. No, he said he hasn't watched it, and then like the one time someone was watching it beside him on a flight. He just kind of looked over and was like, I have work to do. And he, he started working, but he recently sat down with Paul Rudd and like they, they had a dinner or whatever. So it's like, that's cool. I just, and he said he watched Civil War. So he saw Ant-Man Civil War and was fine with it because he didn't write that part. So I'm glad that they're still friends. That makes me happy. After learning about Jamie and Adam and, and Mythbusters not being real friends in real life, it makes me happy that Paul Rudd and Edgar Wright are still, are still friends. Who wouldn't want to be friends with Paul Rudd? Well, right? I think I would... I would just whatever he wanted to do. I just hang out with them. Like, right. It's cool. We just do whatever. It's fine. You want to go? Want to go uh, toilet paper our house? It's fine. You want to go set fire or something? That's fine. You're the one setting the fire. But I'll be like, definitely, I hung out with Paul Rudd. Anyway, what other villains do you want to see in a Spider-Man movie? Well, obviously, like Craven. Yeah. Um, in the movie, um, I would like to see him get get uh, go head to head with the Kingpin. You know, yeah. I know they'll never get uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, but I, I would like to see Spider-Man and the Kingpin go at it. Um, Scorpion would be cool. I think he'd be a good, like, beginning fight character. Yeah, like, I know? think him and Rhino would be, like, how we were talking about, like, a Bond thing, where it's, like, you know, the first intro, it's, like, he's taking him down. And then, like, that would be perfect for other movies because, like, the, the gimmick alone, it's just, like, all these guys have animal gimmicks. You got the rhino, the scorpion, you know. See, I was thinking that, too. You get the grizzly in there, too. Like, like I'm talking, like, deep Spider-Man cuts. And be like, you get all the animal guys together yeah. to fight. Um, I still think it'd be great if they Hydro did that. Man. Well, Hydro Man would actually be a really hard fight. I that think. would be that would be interesting. Kind of like how I was saying they should have done a Suicide Squad where they would have they should have had all those guys get their ass kicked at the beginning of all the DCU movies and then have them come in and be Suicide Squad. That'd be great to see Gargan and company just kind of like get beat down and then kind of come back and like say we're all going to team up and go after Spider Man. Or I I don't I don't think they could do it as like a main villain and I wouldn't want them to do it as like a half ass villain like an extra villain. I'd like to see uh, the Smythes. All oh, the Spider Slayers. The spider Slayers. Yeah, the robots. The robots. Um, that was a good run. Well, I mean, now that you have Stark Tech in the MCU and the Spider-Man too, like I don't see why you couldn't have. You might even get something like that with this new movie because of all the different tech flying around. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, 
But but yeah, we were having this conversation uh, because one, we love Spider Man because that's we're always going to talk about it. Is that if it wasn't for the success of the first two Raimi movies, I don't know how far Marvel would have been able to go and trying to get their own yeah. eventually. I mean, it took a while between those to get to where they made their own movies, but like I think because outside of Batman at that point, what well, and X Men, the first X Men movie had come out before then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. X Men was two thousand. Spider Man is two thousand. Which the first X Men movie, like, it isn't that great anymore. It's weird. It doesn't hold up. It's no. weird to watch, especially the way that Hugh Jackman looks. <laughs> yeah. Like I know he aged, but like my God, like like he looks like half the size of the man that he is in like like Days of Future Past. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah. That movie just it's it's okay, but it's not great. Um. You let yourself go, Wolverine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that was this was like the modern like superhero movie and when did, when did batman begins come out came out a couple years after that. Uh, be, well, no begin oh begins. uh that came out in 2004 yeah so spider-man was 2002 so we were we were coming into some good movies but then we still had like fantastic four and shit that was being made right so fantastic four wasn't bad i didn't it mind was, the two fantastic four movies the human torch and the thing were perfect the rest of those movies were bad yeah like, i loved i loved the interplay between chickless and uh evans i thought those two are great they, they they got their characters really really well, but yeah. But I mean, if it wasn't Spider Man, had that failed, I I don't even know if um I don't even know if Disney buys Marvel at that point because I feel like the brand would have been kind of kind of kiboshed, you know? That'd been done. yeah, I agree. Um, so so yeah, if you guys haven't watched them recently, check out the first. I mean, at least the first two and the third. I guess just because there's there's parts that are okay about the third one. I'll say that now, uh, but that that dance sequence in the jazz bar, which I was okay with until I realized that, wait, that's actually happening. I thought it was a dream sequence. Like that would have been okay if it was a dream sequence of him, like going in and being an absolute asshole to Mary Jane, then waking up and being like, Oh man, what's wrong with me? But then it's like, cause he's literally at the, it's like anchorman. He shows up at the piano, starts playing music and looking over at her. And he's like, I got this. And then he just kind of does this whole big number in the bar and everybody's excited. And it's like, if, if there's someone that's working in that bar, I'm sorry, if someone that's not working in that bar goes up to the piano and starts playing it, they're going to get removed from the bar, you know, regardless of how cool they're playing the piano. That felt really weird. Yeah. And then Gwen Stacy was like, she was wasted in that oh, movie Oh, yeah, too. I forgot she was in that yeah. movie. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard is, is Gwen Stacy out of nowhere. Like, yeah, which she was put in that movie to be in a science class and then a model and then dangle off the edge of the building and then, and then one time have a coffee with Eddie Brock and that's all her character was in that movie. Yeah, w- wasted potential. Yeah, at least they had the good the good graces to introduce her and then kill her in the last couple Spider Man movies. You know, like well, she does die. Uh, she does die, but well, you know, waiting for uh, them to call up Emma Stone to play Spider Gwen. There you go. That would totally happen. Yeah, I could see it. No, I'm serious. I could totally see that happening and having some weird Phase Four explanation as to why <laughs> Spider Gwen's back. You just see a check with a lot of money. That's what the reason That's is. Exactly Here you go. What yeah. it is. So, all right. So yeah, go go watch those movies. Maybe watch all. Maybe watch all five Spider-Man movies, and then watch watch the seventies made-for-TV Spider-Man films, and then watch that weird Japanese Spider-Man thing where it's Spider-Man and a giant robot. Watch that too, and then and then watch the Fox cartoon, which was actually pretty good. The Fox the, cartoon, the was original really good. Fox cartoon, yeah. was pretty good. First few seasons were good, but then later on it got a little, yeah, a, little, got a little weird. weird. So. Um, before we get to the game, just to, just to let you guys know, some announcements here. One, uh, we are going to be at Northeast Ohio Comic Con. That's going to be August 20th. That's a Sunday. 
Um, we will have a, we'll have a table there. Uh, there will be a lot of vendors. There'll be a lot of fun. So please check that out. That's Northeast Ohio Comic-Con. Please um, come out and see us. Yeah. Yeah. High fives. Guaranteed free high fives. Come to, yeah. Come talk to us because we always talk to you and you guys just never talk back. Yeah. You're great, or, you're great listeners. You could just come and just stare at us and then be really able to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, you guys, the ones who don't talk, you just listen. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be there for that. Uh, and then also, uh, we do have a Facebook page. It's Invasion of the Podcast. Check us out there. We're having some fun interactions there. Uh, we are on Twitter. It's Invading Podcast at, uh, at Twitter. Um, I don't know if you saw Joe recently. I tweeted at, um, at Duncan Jones. Uh, he, he, he liked my tweet where I said, I said to him, if, like, if you direct the next Warcraft movie, if it's called Warcraft, the expansion pack will be there day one. He liked my tweet. I think it's a sympathy like. I don't know if he just really thought it was funny. I would still go. It was called the expansion pack. Um, we are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash battle, battle blend. Yeah. Battle blend, Warcraft battle blend, uh, patreon.com slash invasion of the podcast. That's how you guys can financially support us and the things that we do. You could donate as little as $1 or up to however many dollars you want. It could be a one-time donation or a monthly donation. If you pledge $5, um, not only do you get a tote bag, there's no tote bags. You do get to pick a wheel of death and, uh, we will watch, you know, movies on the wheel of death, uh, that you pick. And we will talk about them. So again, that's patreon.com slash invasion of the podcast. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> All right. So this is uh this is kind of we do we've done something similar to this before. We'd usually do it with box office dollars. And uh, movies setting in a set in a time era like uh, 1986 or 1994, you know, who uh, who who made the most money at the box office? So this is a little different uh, in the sense of like Super Nintendo classics coming out. These are the top 50 Super Nintendo games sold of all time. Okay. So all right, middle of the bar is because uh, we always like to give the gauge the middle of the bar is uh, Super Poyo Poyo. Um, Which we all remember. Yeah, I remember that. No, that was really big in uh, in Japan. Uh, I mean, I remember Poyo Poyo sixty four, um, and then Wii Poyo. So and then Switch Poyo, Switch Poyo, Poyo Switch, Poyo Switch. Yeah. Uh, so okay, here's uh, here's one of your your favorites, Paul. Mega Man X. Where did that fall? Did it fall above or below Super Poyo Poyo? Above. Actually, fell below. Oh, Mega Man X sold 1.1 million units for number 43. I would just think because it was being Japanese as well that it would do overall better, but maybe it didn't do that well in America. I think it's the X. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's try another one here. How about, uh, oh, NBA Jam, the Boom Shakalaka by Acclaim Entertainment that you could play as Bill Clinton. Just, yeah, just because you can play as Bill Clinton, I'm going to say it did better than Super Poyo Poyo. It actually did worse. What? Yes. I'm not on fire. 1.2 million came in number 38. Did better than Mega Man. Yeah. So. I liked back then when sports games weren't really sports games and you could still be good at them, even if you didn't like sports. Like NBA Jam, you could still have fun playing, even if you didn't like basketball. You know, like kind of like how you could play um, play action football or whatever back then, in action, or Tecmo Bowl, and be like, yeah, I'm good at football. I don't know. I don't know what football is, but I'm really good at it. Or NFL Blitz. All right. Anyway. Let's. How about this one? How about Sim City? More. That did better. Sim City did do better. Um, only by <coughs> about two hundred thousand units. Oh. So it did one point nine million. Uh, I. 
I played SimCity on the PC. I um, played on the SNES. It was hard it, to play. It was. It was. I didn't understand why they tried to port a lot of games onto like certain consoles. Like I remember StarCraft got ported on the N sixty four. Yeah, that was weird. Um, StarCraft six or StarCraft sixty four. Um, some of these are kind of be kind of obvious. Uh, oh, here, but what about this one? Super Mario World two, Yoshi's Island. Less than. Uh, that actually sold more. Oh. Yeah, that came in at number eight with 4.1 million units. It's Super Mario World. Yeah, I should probably. I'm going to guess that like that's the came prepackaged later on with Super Nintendos. Uh, I think it did. Yeah, there's there's actually there's a whole list here the ones that came in prepackaged. Um, what about Street Fighter Two Turbo Hyper Fighting? More copies. That, that did sell more. That was because Joe bought nine. most of them. That one was 4.1 million. Also, uh, Mario World Two only beat it out by about twenty thousand units. though. Okay. So, um, let's see here. How about oh, Pilot Wings? Oh, Pilot Wings. Oh, I played that game way too much, and that's a shitty game. But I played it a lot. <laughs> Uh, do you remember playing Pilot Wings? I at do. All? I rented it like, and took it back the same day. I was like, "What's the, the, the parachuting thing?" Made me so mad because you had to fall through the rings. Yeah, and they used the same type of like three D sprite thing that like F Zero did. Yeah, and man, I played that game so much, and it sold less than Super Poyo Poyo. It did. Yeah, one million one hundred forty thousand copies. That's yeah, one million more than needed to. All right, goddamn Pilot Wings. Okay. Uh, Let's use Pilot Wings as a basis here. Which one of these games sold better than Pilot Wings? Derby Stallion 3 or Derby Stallion 69? <laughs> or 96, sorry. <laughs> no, Derby Stallion 69. That sold a lot of copies. That sold a lot of copies. Wow. Wow. I don't um, know why my dyslexia Der- kicked in there. Derby Stallion 3 sold more copies. It did. 96 did not do very well. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but the 69 did pretty well. Well, it did. Uh, Derby Stallion 3, uh, that came out in 95, so about a year apart. And I wonder what they. I wonder why they just didn't go with Derby Stallion 4. Well, I, I don't even, like, is it a horse racing game or is it a horse simulator? I, like. What? What? What's a horse simulator? You go. You raise a horse. I don't know. Like, like you, you pet, you pet it, it, pet it, and then you comb its tail. You get bit, you get bit by it. Yeah. You get, yeah. You try to. You keep trying to offer an apple and it bites your neck. And you're like, ah, ah, plops. Don't do that to me. Yeah. His, his ears are back. Watch out. Yeah. He breaks a leg. You get a new horse. Bam. Oh yeah. You get knocked out. <laughs> you just laying there in the net. Super <laughs> Nintendo passed out. What happened? Oh, he was playing Derby Stallion. He got kicked. <laughs> oh man, pre VR. All right, uh, Super Girls and Ghosts by Capcom. You remember that game? Yeah, I mean it's it's what they're advertising on the new one. Yeah. Uh, did that do better or worse in sales than Super Poyo Poyo? Worse. That did do worse. Yeah. Uh, it actually came in number forty-seven. The only reason I would guess that really is because surprised that's it low on that chart. Because I'm sure it did better overseas than it did here. Like I, I think. What that just I feel like that kind of game with Golden and Ghosts with its difficulty, it probably did better overseas. That game was hard. Yeah. I just like picking up a, you know what Ghouls and Ghosts remind me of was like playing Castlevania, and you know how in Castlevania you'd always get the different weapons. Yeah. Like. It was like that all the time with ghouls and ghosts because mm-hmm. you you just didn't have to worry about your lance. You could like throw axes and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Seems like same, almost the same game. Um, 
Super Metroid. Did Super Metroid outsell Super Poyo Poyo? Yes. It did not. What? What? Super Metroid came in number 33. 1.4 million. What? That was a really good. That, I like that better than Metroid. Yeah. Like Metroid 2. Metroid 2 was on Game Boy. That was really good. And so was Super Metroid. Um, what about Killer Instinct? Remember Killer Instinct? Yeah. That's still kicking C- around. C- combo Breaker. Combo Breaker. That's Glacius, on, or whatever his name is. It was, I'm really, it was Glacier. Yeah. Rare yeah. is getting some deep cuts on their yeah. characters for that. Have you looked at that lately? You can no. play as uh, the Arbiter from Halo, and you can it, play as Rash from Battletoads. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. So uh, it, did, it did better, because Killer Instinct was a big deal. It did. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was Third, a c- c- Combo Breaker. 3.2 million. Um... So Street Fighter Two Turbo Hyper Fighting was on there. What about just regular Street Fighter Two The World Warrior? It sold more because it was out longer. Yeah, it did. Yeah, six point three million. Yeah. So, um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, uh, what about Street Fighter Two the, the movie? No, sorry, Street Fighter the movie, the game. The movie, the game. What about Super Scope Six? Oh, yeah, stupid, stupid, super scope, stupid, super scope, stupid scope six. It did less than super Poyo Poyo. Oh, it did. Yeah, because any, any with the accessory probably didn't do so hot. It came in right underneath it, it. less than 100,000 units. Um, Like, how many Nintendo light gun games did you actually own? Like, I didn't own any. I like owned, we had, you had Duck Hunt, right? I had and super that, scope. I didn't, I didn't, oh, have, so I had Duck Hunt. I didn't own any other ones, though. Yeah, I was gonna say. Does anybody remember the other games? Like, does anybody own Hogan's Alley? I don't think. I had a. I had one that was like a mech game where you would just like shoot these mechs. Okay. I don't remember what it was called though. I mean, and did anybody actually use the gun for the Adventures of Bayou Billy during the shooting sections? No. How would you? How did you do that? You just have the. You'd have it plugged in the second player port, so you play the side scrolling bit, and then do the shooting bit, and then do the driving bit. Um, I really liked that game back in the time, and I I realize now it's probably a really bad game, but. All right, what about – just do a couple more here. What about Final Fight? Worse. It did do worse. 29, number 29, 1.48 million. Okay, um, so do you know what was the number one game? Super Nintendo of, like, all time? Mm-hmm. Or the number most sales? Most sales Super Nintendo game. I, I'm drawing a blank. Drawing a blank. I'm going to say Super Mario Land. It well, it was Super Mario World. Okay, sorry. I, yeah. I think you're close. Uh, Super Mario All. Super Mario Land was for the Game Boy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Super Mario All Stars came in at number two, and that had 10.5 million copies sold. Do you know how many Super Mario World sold? Do you want to take a round? Guess? That was number one. That was number one. Like 20 million. 20 million. Oh wow. Okay. Right. Look at that. I know my video copies. games. So. There's uh there's some Super Nintendo games yeah for you all right there you go so now you guys know because you you had that burning question of was it did it sell more or less than Super Poyo Poyo which I have no idea what that game actually I didn't either is. I just thought it was funny because like I printed this list out and I'm looking at it and I'm like okay what's in the middle and I'm like the hell is Super Poyo Poyo like I like the fact that it's like it, it did it did well enough not to be in the bottom 
but it didn't do so well that we remember it. It was it was perfectly right there in the middle. Right. But it sold enough copies, you know, like so. But I mean, whoever, it, it beat out it beat out Mortal Kombat two. It beat out Mortal Kombat three, The Lion King, NBA Jam, uh, Kirby Superstar. It didn't beat Final Fantasy three, but it beat Final Fantasy four. All the Dragon Quests. A Dragon Ball Z game. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I went to type in Super Poyo Poyo, and I mistyped it. So I now got Super Poyo. So there's definitely uh, a, a Mexican restaurant named Super Poyo out there. So I, oh, I was trying to figure out what it was. Um, but I kind of want some Super Poyo now. Super Poyo. Tastes like meth. Did, oh, because Poyo Poyo is one word. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because that would make sense, right? Sure. Mm. It has it has a little it has cats. That's probably why people liked it. It has cats in space. Oh yeah, there you go. So yeah, right. like there's people that has cats in space. I showed you some pictures of it. I don't know what a poyo poyo is, but it's cute. Oh, it's a cute cat. A little cute, little cute cats. Look at that. Little cute things. All right. Anyway, enough about that. All right. So anyway, have have a safe holiday. Um, we'll be back after the holiday. Um, we we're working on some stuff. We have some announcements soon. Uh, again, please hit up our social media. And again, please come out to Neo Comic Con, uh, Neo Comic Con, in uh, August twentieth. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, like I said, have a safe holiday. Don't don't uh, like lose a hand setting off fireworks. Yeah, don't don't blow anything up. Don't don't go setting up picnic table in a, in a fire and then attempting to jump over the picnic table that is don't, on fire. Don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All right, we'll see you we'll see you next week.